Monday Bulls beat means a full weekend to go over for you. We'll even go back to Friday night with some highlights of the spring football game. It is a big week, golf and tennis conference tournaments. We'll give you the rundown, the order of events, starting today, actually, as you're hearing this, with women's golf and going into tennis later on in the week. We've got baseball. We did not have broadcasts this weekend, but the guys were in Houston and took just one of three games. But, man, some offensive fireworks and Overall, not the worst-case scenario. We'll lay that out for you. Softball did not play this weekend, but had an interesting couple of things happen around the standings where the Bulls are involved. And remember, we do Around the American on Monday afternoon, so you'll want to tune in for more details. But we'll give you what you need to know here. Track and field, as we said, was at a bunch of events and did very, very well. In fact, we'll run down those accolades here in our first segment. So a lot to get to. And we will indeed start with the spring football game. What a turnout. In fact, it was a turn away for some on Friday night because, well, Corbett Stadium was filled to its capacity, 4,000. There was no more places to put people. In fact, the big video board on the baseball field is where some were watching the game in the end. Of course, that's never how you want it to go. You don't want to have to turn people away, but it was a sign of how well attended. I think how enthusiastic Bulls fans are, how eager they were to see the Alex Golish coached Bulls, and it was definitely a fun broadcast to bring you. Considering that pretty much their entire secondary was out, you had no Christian Williams, no Matt Hill, no Will Jones, no Day Day Evans, no TJ Robinson. There were some guys that came to play, and I know that Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator, had to like, especially how the first half went, as the defense scored the first points and equaled the offense in that category. Second and 10 from the 50. Brown throws down the middle of the field. It's almost intercepted. He was looking for Wolf and came flying in there. It was Logan Berryhill, a former wide receiver, now at safety, and he got his hands on that. Defense showing some pressure on the outside. Here's Archie. Two steps. Now he steps up in the pocket. He's got a little room. He's going to throw it instead of running. That's busted up by T-Mac Simpson. Mm. Stepped in front of that pass. He got one hand on it. No chance for a second interception return for a touchdown, but he broke it up. And excellent, excellent play by Simpson. Kind of weird to see DJ Harris wearing number 11, Derek, because Dwayne Boyles wore that number for so long and made a lot of tackles. Really good. Here's a pitch left and getting knocked down for a loss of six is Powell again. And that defense, that second team defense, has really come out here to play tonight. And again, there's DJ Harris. It's actually third and 20. Here's a handoff to Powell running left. Cut back. He breaks a tackle, gets to the 40 to the 45. He's close to a first down. That's a 21-yard gain for Kwan Powell right there, running over the left side and breaking tackles. That was impressive, and you saw that hard cut. You knew he was going to get the, the distance. Archie with the play action again, and that's going to be picked off midair. This is going back the other way. I think that's T-Mac Simpson. It's got to be a score. taken right out of the air. DJ Harris knocked it down, yep. and I am not exactly sure how T-Mac Simpson <laughs> caught that ball. He scooped it off the ground. Even Alex Golis came out in the middle of the field like, yep, yeah, let's put it on the 25. That's a defensive score, roughly 38 yards. What a touchdown that was. The guy we talked about a lot, you heard us mention his name, DJ Harris, defensive end out of Houston, Texas, and transfer from the Longhorns, got his hands high up and deflected that ball, and again, somehow it was caught by Simpson. Jalen Stokes making a lot of plays back there. Ben Knox, a couple of youngsters who have been on the team, but had a chance to shine, of course, with all the injuries. And also definitely want to mention Logan Berryhill, uh, not just for his plays he was making, but he does not want to be called Logan anymore. We were talking with him after the game, and Ryan Urquhart told us afterwards, because this was off microphone, uh, that he said, no, it's not my first name. If you go to GoUSFPolls.com, you know, you have the feature that 
thankfully for a broadcaster's perspective, popped up a couple years ago, which is the little earpiece next to the name where they pronounce their names. And Logan Berryhill is not a name I would have ever clicked on, but just for curiosity's sake, I did. And sure enough, Kaquavius is what he wants to be known as. If you go to his Twitter page, it's Kaquavius Berryhill, C-A-Q-A-V-O-U-I-S. So I'm guessing that might get changed, but either way, Mr. Burial was a big part of the defense's performance. And yeah, it was going to be 6 nothing defense, so to speak, until the offense got on the board, and oh yeah, this could be your RB1. Second down and nine. Here's a handoff up the middle to right, bounces to the 30, 25, spins off a man at the 15, 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, touchdown Naquan Wright. Well, he broke a tackle at the 15, Derek, and that low center of gravity got him in the end zone. And I know that was 30 yards from the line of scrimmage, but it looked like he had it right when he broke through the line. I mean, that was a burst of speed right there. He's more of a sturdy guy, but showed a lot, a lot. And then he broke that last tackle with the nose for the end zone. He wasn't going to be denied. Kelly Joyner was playing slot receiver because of all the injuries at that position. With the transfer portal open, I'm guessing that wide receiver, offensive line, certainly couple more defensive linemen will be areas that the Bulls pursue. I'm going to guess that the secondary is pretty much set, though. There's hardly any bodies once they get all healthy to put back there. However, the offense came to play even more in the second half. A couple of fourth-quarter touchdowns in and among the highlights, and then we'll roll right into what Alex Golish had to say to bring home his interview with Ryan Urquhart. Oh, yeah, fire me up. Here's Byron Brown. From about the five-yard line, he's got a man deep in the corner, throws a fade route. It is caught by Kelly Joyner, and is he in? He is. Pinpoint placement by Byron Brown, and Kelly Joyner shows off his hands. That was a beautiful play call. Smith drops back, looking down the middle of the field, throws it deep. He's got a man. It is caught by Dean at the 30 to the 25. He went to him for a third time, and he made the play, and I'm guessing this might be his parents over here to our right because they are going bonkers on the catch. Oh, uh, they are quite emotional. (laughs) That was a great pass, I might add. And a great catch because he kind of had to come back for it a little bit over his shoulder. Gunnar Smith, play fake, throws it across the middle. Touchdown. There it is to Gunnar Greenwald. Well, and the defense bit on the run up the middle and the little play action. Defensively, I thought we got after the quarterback pretty good. We got mobile quarterbacks. You have to have mobile quarterbacks in modern-day college football. I thought those guys on the edges got after the quarterback pretty good. We got to get better inside on the D-line. We got to go recruit. We got, we got some holes to fill there. But I thought for the most part, at least standing from where I stood, they played hard, which at the end of the night, that's what you want. Coach, this is one tonight they had to close the gates to. And then you look behind you, you got the IPF already constructed with the stadium on the way. Just how excited are you for the future of this program? Yeah, I'm just so humbled to be to be here. I'm, I'm humbled to to lead this program. I'm, I'm humbled to to be the front doorstep of this university. I told the alums right afterwards, I was it was so cool to come out and watch those guys finish their game, and they're so proud of USF. They're so proud of Tampa. I'm like, I'm an outsider coming in here. They've embraced me. I told them we're effing bringing this program back, and I'm going to work harder than anybody in the country to bring this thing, to put Tampa on the map from a college football standpoint. And I told our team, we're here to win a national title. That's what they brought me here to do. They've invested. they got to keep investing. We need the fan base to keep investing from an NIL perspective. We're going to bring this program back. So that was just a few of the highlights, especially there at the end. Love the passion, and that was some honest emotion there. I think he was overwhelmed as we all kind of were with the turnout. Halftime show was very entertaining. Blake Barnett just popped on for one throw, and 
chucked an easy 50-yard bomb to Andre Davis. B.J. Daniels was impressive. Oh, I gotta trust me, you'll understand why. Play one clip from halftime, which you can hear in its entirety on our replay, but won't make your way around if you miss this moment. B.J. Daniels in at quarterback now for the green team. They lead 12-6. He's going for the whole thing again. Long pass, and it's incomplete <laughs> at the goal line. Oh, man, I'm surprised we haven't had a torn ACL. <laughs> Some guys are colliding with each other willy-nilly out here, but it's in the uh, spirit of competition. He's not fishing. He's not golfing. He's playing football. Matt Grothy with Ryan. Matt, using your legs, using your arm there, back like you never left, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish it was like I never left. <laughs> arm ain't nearly as strong as it used to be, that's for sure. Ryan did an amazing job with all the interviews. And when I say all the interviews, listen back to the replay, which we will give you plenty of, not just during the halftime flag football game, which saw, well, Huey Whitaker can really ball out still, and Andre Davis look like he's still in college, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, the NFLers, Mitchell Wilcox, Dearness Johnson talked to Ryan, as did Michael Kelly, as did Amir Abdurrahim. So just enjoy that. We'll continue to give you the chance to hear that back. But let's get to the rest of the weekend and previewing a big week in golf and tennis. Again, as you're hearing this on a Monday morning, the women's golf team is already playing, and we'll get there in our second block. But we'll tell you about track and field, which had members all over the country, especially in California, for two different events. The Beach Invitational, hosted by Long Beach, and then a little more inland, eastern L.A. County, that is the Mount Sac Relays. Mount Sac is Mount San Antonio College, if you didn't know, and I didn't until I looked it up. Day one at that particular event ended with the Bulls women's 4x400 meter relay team winning. And with the third best time in school history, 3 minutes 36.12 seconds, that was Shania Benjamin, Zariah Allers LeBird, Janiah Burton, and Shakaya Plummer. They just edged out Duke and New Mexico, who were their biggest challengers, and the Bulls get that victory. Other Friday highlights included several personal bests. These were more distance-type races at the event in Gainesville, the Tom Jones Memorial. Then Saturday was an even bigger day for the Bulls. Another program record goes down, and this was in the men's 4x100 relay at the Beach Invitational, again hosted by Long Beach. And three members of the relay are new Bulls. Danelle Samahate has been here now for a few years. Shavoy Reed, Jaleel Kroll, and Zaquan Lincoln. Reed and Lincoln are junior college transfers, and Kroll is a freshman from the Virgin Islands. Love how these guys are all coming together. Reed and Lincoln, meanwhile, also got victories in other pretty marquee events. Reed winning the 200-meter dash. And it wasn't just beating the field. It was third on the USF all-time list with that mark. And Lincoln in the 100 meters, second on the program's list. A couple of individuals on the women's 100-meter hurdles scored top 10 program marks. Shaney Davila and Shakaya Plummer. Shania Benjamin was the women's long jump runner-up. Ananiya Ashley wins the high jump, third on the school's all-time list with a jump of 1.7 six meters now Romain Beckford didn't win which is kind of headlines actually his mark of 2.2 meters did not get bested by anybody else but if you didn't know when everybody hits the same height it's all about how few jumps it takes you to get there so national champion indoor high jumper did not win an event but still well did not get beat at the height that he did clear all the details are up at GoUSFBulls.com more details on the weekend with baseball going one and two in Houston. But wow, some offensive displays that will sum up for you. And yeah, it's a big week for golf and tennis. Women's tennis lost on Saturday, but we'll explain what's going on with all those teams as well when Bulls Beat continues.